You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. Hello everybody, welcome to The Plug Podcast with me, Neil Griffiths. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We've been off for probably about the last month. It's been a crazy time. So excited to be back. And I've got a great episode to kick off the new season. Before we get started, as always, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and follow the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast from. And follow us on Instagram, TikTok, at theplug.podcast. So as I said, I've been off for the last couple of weeks. Been in New York, and now I'm back in Sydney. This episode has been in the works for a couple of weeks. We were meant to record it a few weeks ago, but he's been on one of the biggest tours tours of the year. My guest this week is Ryan Key, lead singer of Yellow Card. So Yellow Card fans would know the band broke up in 2017 and then in 2022 they surprised everyone when they were announced to be on the Riot Fest 2022 lineup. Ryan and I sat down to talk about how this came to be six years ago now I want to say. Five, six years ago, uh, Ryan was in Sydney to promote his debut solo EP called 13. If you haven't already, please check that out. It's one of my favorite EPs of all time. And I remember we were in his hotel room in Sydney and he was pretty explicitly telling me and so sure that Yellow Card were done, that they would not ever be getting back together. However, fast forward to 2022, the band played Riot Fest. Then they released a new EP called Childhood Eyes that came out in July. Again, if you haven't checked it out already, please do. And then they just wrapped up what Ryan calls the band's biggest tour to date. I was in New York, I was lucky to see that show, and it is one of the best shows that I've seen in the last decade. And I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again, this pop punk scene is bigger now than it ever has been, and Yellow Card approved of that. So Ryan and I kind of started from the beginning, or at least the beginning of 2017, when the band broke up, where his head was at then, how the Riot Fest offer came to the table, and why they decided to make new music, and possibly more music still to come. You can actually go back and find that 2018 episode with Ryan and I in Sydney. It's a perfect prelude to this chat right now. I'm so excited to share with you all. Here is Ryan Key on the Plug Podcast. All right, welcoming to the Plug Podcast for the very first time. I am stoked to be joined by Ryan Key of Yellow Card. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I imagine we're on quite different time zone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, for the last 18 months, I've been in New York. Um, okay. And I think we were initially meant to do this interview right around the time the Childhood Eyes EP came out. Um, mm. But you were busy with tour, obviously. So right now I'm in Sydney and it is two past five in the morning nice i'm a vampire myself so i i get it i i'm i've had to sort of shift and adjust since uh my wife and i started dating moved in together and all that because uh you know you just i'm not gonna be like all right all right babe i'm gonna be up till four <laughs> or five this morning you know like i i just but but prior to that for for most of my adult life man i've just been such a night owl yeah. um uh, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm currently trying to really curb that because, uh, we have our first kid on the way in December. Oh, congratulations. Um, and, uh, thanks man. So I'm, I'm trying to, to prep for, you know, needing to be up at six in the morning for <laughs> basically the rest, the rest of my life basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Here we go. You mentioned right before we started that you're actually in your dining room right now because you've got a, your studio is being redone. How yeah. far are we um, into this? Cause I, I mean, I've obviously seen your Twitch. I imagine that's where you do a lot of that, right? Yeah, so this will be the first space I've ever had that I built myself from the ground up. You know, wow. I was able to to. I mean, it's it's nothing. The construction itself is nothing 
wild. It's just a giant rectangular room, but, but it's way bigger than anything, any space I've ever had of my own to work in. So I'm, I'm excited for the studio and, and the streaming and the, you know, my working area, but I, I'm more excited because the room is, is uh, the size of the room is, allows me to also do like a killer theater mm. film viewing, nice. you know, music listening experience in there too. Um, so, and it's, it's upstairs, I'm adding it on top of the house. So it's kind of away from everything else. And I think it'll just be a place for, for not just for me, but for my wife and I to kind of like feel, uh, like we have this, this, you know, place we can go to watch movies and, and just kind of vibe and, and, and hang. And so I'm excited for that. Um, I'm a big space. The room I'm in is really important to me. Like the, the energy in a room, the, the, the interior design, it, it, I think all that really affects me, um, creatively you know so the space that i'm working in uh, i always try to you know vibe it up as much as i can uh, but i've been a home you know I've, I've had a home studio since 2015 16 and um, i've always had, it's been in like a bonus room or a bedroom uh so this being such a dedicated space I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and then we're turning the the old room that i've been working in since i moved into this house a couple years ago uh into the nursery wow. for, uh, for our little dude so yeah what a time to be alive yeah i mean like as we record this, you're all of what two weeks off of that big US tour. I imagine like between that, yeah. now and December, it's all about being a baby daddy. Uh, yeah, we have Yellow Cards going to uh, Las Vegas to play yeah. uh, when we were young at, towards the end of October. Um, but for the most part, um, I, I'm home. Uh, we have we have a couple little surprise things up our sleeve that we're going to be working on over the next few months, but nothing major. We're not, we're not going in for, to like make an album or anything like that. So I'm, right. um, I'm kind of just going to be home relaxing, which is, which is actually, you know, the calm before the storm that, uh, you know, is I think going to be really great because, you know, if we were still touring or if we were going to make a record or something right now, I feel like I'd be just be coming right out of that into fatherhood for the first time. Uh, that would be a, a lot, I think. So, uh, I'm really, really lucky to have the career that I have to where, you know, when I'm home, I'm, I'm just home, you know, I could just yeah. be here to support, support my wife and help her, uh, you know, get, get through this the best she can and, and, and not be stressed out or, or anxious or, or working all day. You know, mm. um, I have that, I have that opportunity and it's, it's amazing that, that I get to have that home life that I do. I, I want to start there because. Like I mentioned, I've been in New York for the last almost two years. So I was lucky enough to go to the Pier 17 show. I think it would have been like early July. Um, mm -hmm. Belated congratulations and belated holy shit. Because I know you've done a bunch of interviews where you say you can't really explain what the hell is happening. Now, I've seen Yellow Card a billion times. I was I saw you guys on your farewell tour in Australia. This Pier 17 show was like, I know the pop punk and has kind of like had a nostalgic comeback in the last few years. This was like the first time I've been to one of, uh, you know, the the pop punk band shows where it doesn't feel like an nostalgia act. It feels like a, it's like the beginning of a new era. Everyone mm -hmm. there was obviously vibing to the old stuff, but the new songs you were playing, this Childhood Eyes EP is fucking incredible. Thanks, I know you, you've struggled to put it into words, but I guess now two weeks removed from the tour, how are you feeling about it all? I still don't have an answer for you. I, I you know, <laughs> um, it, it was, it was bigger than anything we've ever done. And, uh, you know, the size and, and the, the scope of it all with ticket sales and everything, that's all amazing. And, and it's, uh, it's surreal to be honest. I mean, to be this far into 
um, the gig and be doing bigger shows than we've ever done in our whole career. Mm. It's, it's amazing. But I don't think that that's the biggest takeaway from the experience for me. Uh, I think that the collective energy inside the band, uh, the the connection between the four of us and our outlook on the whole process, it, it, it was more hopeful and positive and peaceful than it's ever been ever in, in over 20 years of, of existing as a band. So I think the, the most special thing about the tour was the, the way we were able to repair our relationships internally and come together to create this incredible experience for ourselves and for everyone that came out to these shows. Um, and I agree with you. There's something sort of in the air that it doesn't feel like it's just the 20 year anniversary of ocean Avenue that made it so successful. Um, it does feel like we are, uh, at the starting line for another run, you know, and we'll see where it goes and we'll see how long it lasts. I also think we're in a very different headspace. Uh, not, we're not chasing the next thing and we're not chasing the past. We're just here in this moment. And we've also never operated on that plane before. I think if our manager called us tomorrow and said, it's over, we're not getting any more offers, no more shows instead of feeling let down or, or saddened by that. I think we would all shake each other's hands and just say, what a great job you did, man, that this was the best thing we've ever done. And I'm just so glad that we got to do it one more time. And if you can keep that outlook and that mindset, I think the sky's the limit, you know, because you're not, we're not concerned with where it goes or what happens. It's, it's all, um, I've been saying it's all sort of life after death for the band because none of this was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've said right before we started, the last time we spoke was in person pre COVID Jesus Christ. Um, you were touring Australia with your solo debut EP 13. Um, mm -hmm. for starters, again, I'm six years too late to this. They were like, not only was that like one of my favorite EPs of the last decade, those shows were so fucking good. Like it, Thanks, man. again, the last time I'd see you at festivals and I'd see you in giant, um, theaters, I guess. And these are like mm -hmm. intimate rooms and it was just you and, and Josh, I think Josh. Was base. Yeah. And yeah, that was an incredible piece of time. And like, there's a little bit of me that's like being a bit selfish. Like I'm hoping you still continue the solo stuff, whether yellow card continues or not. I'm not sure where, where that will, will take me. I think as far as a touring musician, I don't, I, as long as yellow card is, is going, if yellow card is going to continue to be this prominent of a force in my life, it's going to be pretty hard for me to get away to do, you know, more touring on top of yellow card. Mm. Um, and musically on my own, uh, I really am trying to put together sort of a, a, a goal for the future. And I, you know, the real future, like, what am I, I don't have a 401k. I'm a, I'm a sole proprietor. I'm a musician. I'm, you know, and I was an idiot with, with my money when I was 24 years old and swimming in it from ocean Avenue, you know? So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I've been in a perpetual rebuilding year since 2006 or seven, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I'm in a really good place though now. And I mean, you know, I mean an even better place, uh, because of these these opportunities that yellow card is providing me again and, and providing all of us uh but i really want to get into film and tv scoring mm. um i i feel like that's just such a passion of my film in general is just such a passion of mine and it's just truly something that i i would be able to do and continue to do you know until i'm a, an old old man you know <laughs> so yeah. uh i'm i'm kind of 
taken the steps to start to get, you know, find some inroads into really, really making a career out of that in, in life after yellow card when, when it's truly the end, yeah. you know? And I, I think if yellow card keeps going on the trajectory we're on right now, the next few years are going to be, you know, wild for us. But I think at some point uh, we will probably step back into becoming an artist that does just sort of do festivals, you know, an international thing here or there um, until we're just, you know, too old to, to stand up there anymore, I guess. But um, I, I think, I, I think I will, I'm going to need something else to fulfill, not just my creative uh, void that, that once yellow card eventually kind of dials back again in however many years ahead of us now, um, mm. but also just to be able to continue to make a living playing music, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to do. That's why you saw me in Australia, you know, just by myself, because there was yeah. when yellow card left my life in 2016, it was just sort sur- of survive at all costs and keep playing music, you know? Yeah. Um, I was terrified to go out into the world and get a job job, you know? So, yeah. um, and well done. I'm yeah. not doing that. Hey, thanks man. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I had a little easier than some cause I was on my own. I, you know, I was single and I didn't have any children. I didn't have people depending on me when the band ended. I think that can make it a very different decision that you have to make, but, yeah. um, but just to answer your question of like, or, or to your statement about hoping there's more solo stuff, I, I, I will never stop creating. Um, but I don't think that touring and, um, you know, promoting and, and putting out albums that I'm going to support in that way is, is a thing in, in my future. I mean, the reason I mentioned that interview we did in, I think, 2018 in Sydney, we kind of, I kind of listened to it before this chat just to like get a vibe of what that was like. And I remember like we kind of deep dived into like Yellow Card's last show, your last moments walking off stage, what you remember. And you mm-hmm. were so adamant that it was done. There was mm-hmm. not a chance Yellow Card was ever coming back. Now, I know we fast forward to 2022, you get this offer for Riot Fest. Um, talk me about that offer. Like when when that first came through, did you think it was bullshit? Did you laugh at it? Did you think there's no way all four of us are going to be able to agree on this? What was your initial reaction when this came through? Well, the offer came directly from our booking agent of 23 years. So right. uh, she's like family to us. And she's also one of the the partners in, in Riot Fest. And so the offer was very real and it, you know, kind of segueing nicely out of talking about making a living playing music or desperately trying to, uh, you know, full disclosure, it was the biggest guarantee we've ever gotten as a band to, to play a show. Mm. So the idea of, it, it was the first time, you know, in five in six years that, that having a conversation about doing something uh, was real because it was too, uh, it was too special, too big of an opportunity to just right off. Um, and you know, it's, I think one of the main reasons we stepped away from the band was because, uh, it, it just was getting harder and harder every year to maintain the level of success. I think that we desired and and were working towards, it felt like no matter how much we did or how hard we worked, uh, we were, it was, we were seeing less and less of a return Mm -hmm. uh, in whichever way you want to use that metric, people streaming numbers, tickets to shows, you know, how much did you make at the end of the year? All, all of those things were backsliding every year from 2013 until 2016, when we stepped, when we did the final tour. So when you get an offer like that, you, you go, Oh, well, that's all, you know, that's all we ever wanted. 
that you know this is this is all we ever wanted was was to be able to have these opportunities so that we can support our families and do this for a living uh again and so it was an easy it was easy i mean once that offer came in it was pretty pretty quick that we all came to the table and said we need to figure out what we have to do to make this work it was everyone in the band still talking i mean we mentioned obviously that you were playing with josh were there individual conversations need to happen was it all four used in a room kind of airing it all out before you go on stage um well the conversation of, of of having the show was the first time that all four of us had spoken together about anything since the since the end of the, of the band um we were all very much off doing our own things you know um and there was there were certainly things that needed to be repaired there were relationships that needed to be rebuilt um and i'm i'm really proud of us as as a unit for working through all of those things and you know like i said putting on a, a tour this summer that the thing i i think is most important to me and, and the memory i i carry from it the the most is is our was our bond and our connection not even the you know the insanity of the of the shows being so big and and crazy every night so it, it's been a long road back, but um, I think the time away, whether we knew it or not, was exactly what we needed. How quickly did you guys know between Riot Fest and recording the Childhood Eyes EP? Did you think there's something here? Was it when you hit the stage? Was it, you know, a month after Riot Fest happened? How quickly did you think, okay, this isn't a one-time, let's get together and play? Um, well, we had already started talking about doing... Um, doing something this this summer the summer of 23 okay. once once we committed to doing riot fest it's the 20 year anniversary of ocean avenue we should do something um but it was nowhere near the the what we were thinking about doing was nowhere near what it ended up being you know mm. it was going to be much shorter um because you know sean had a had a job job he was you know he has two two kids and he's working to support his family and um you know, and, and proud of him for that. You know, he, he, he was stepped out of, of the band and, and stepped up to do what he had to do to, to keep going and supporting his family. And the fact that he's been given the gift of coming back to the music, I think that sacrifice he made was, you know, you can, you can just see how happy he is to be doing this mm -hmm. again. And I think we all are, are feeding off of that positive energy within the band uh, from each other. And it, and it's just, it's just fueling the, the fire in the best way. So we already had some, some conversations about doing a tour. Live Nation was interested in working with the band, but then we played Riot Fest and it, the, the response was, I mean, there's not really a way to describe it. It was, it was, it was surreal going, getting out on stage for the first time in over six years and playing for that many people and, and feeling this overwhelming sense of, um, again, not just nostalgia. Like you said, it was, it was more mm. than that. Like it, I read, I read somewhere as well. Like you all kind of agreed to record this EP in Austin because that's where Sean lives. So he could be with these kids, right? Like that are already there. feels like it's, it's, it's a, it's a conversation. You guys are all compromising for the bigger goal. That right mm -hmm. there feels like, you know, that's, if that's a sign of maturity, nothing else is right. Absolutely. Um, we, the, the amount of open dialogue and compromise and conversation that we've all had through this process compared to the way things used to function um, 
it, it's one of the reasons I think why we're, why we're having so much success right now, because internally we're just operating, um, with the most compassion and, and understanding and open-mindedness that we've ever had, uh, as, as a group. Is that just age? Like if, do you think like if 20 something year old, you guys were having this conversation, it would be so much easier. We never would have had that conversation in our, in our twenties. It's just not, it's not who we were. Um, so yeah, I I certainly think that, um, life experience and age and maturity. I mean, that's all, those are all huge factors in, uh, huge factors that have contributed to the success that we're, that we're seeing right now. Is it tough for you guys to make these short or long-term goals? Like you said, you didn't anticipate what was going to happen on this tour. The tour over, sorry, exceeds all expectations. Then you have this EP, which in my opinion is some of Yellow Card's best work ever. Forget about the last five years. Like I put Child Eyes up there with Ocean Avenue easily. Is that tough when oh. you do these things and you're like, fuck, this thing has performed really well. We'd be silly not to talk about the next thing, given how well it's gone. Well, again, there's there's a maturity there. There's there's an understanding and a, and a learned uh, you know, things we've learned from from the experiences we've already had. Uh, so we've learned we've learned so much w- with the ups and downs and, and you know the journey this this band has been through, been on for for so long that i just somehow we're able right now to walk the a, a fine line successfully of, of just not getting too far ahead of ourselves but also not being closed off to opportunities and ideas you know so um i think some one one of the things that we would often shoot ourselves in the foot with were were both of those things we would we would get way too far ahead of ourselves and get upset and disappointed when we didn't, when, when we when we felt like the path we were on wasn't leading towards that thing that we wanted and we we would also spend way too much time in in the past trying to even if it wasn't conscious subconsciously you're always chasing ocean avenue you know i mean yeah, of course you're trying to get back to that you know so we would get stuck in that track mm. um often and that just led to you know more frustration more backsliding more all you know more internal struggle um, between the different personalities in the band it just uh it started to become more about stress and anxiety than it did about enjoying what we were doing. Mm. And, um, and I think this feeling right now of not having any of that stress, not having any of that anxiety, you come off a tour like this and you just, you feel so, uh, I don't know, just, just hopeful about the future and that's fine. Um, but I think if I got in the headspace of, you know, that's the way we tour now, you know, we play for, for five to 8,000 people a night now. And the second that it's not that anymore, I'm, I'm angry. Um, I'm just not even going to think about that. I'm not, you know, like when they come to us with another tour, if it, if it doesn't make, if it's not the right thing and it doesn't make sense, or it's starting to kind of, you know, head in the other direction again. Um, I just think it'll be different this time. I think we just, you'll just be able to say, all right, well, that was amazing. You know, yeah. I'm so glad I got to do it again for, for this period of time that I did. Yeah. Um, Cause we've already lost it all. So it's like, we got no, we have nothing to lose now. But know? it's like, so it's, it's, it's one of those weird retrospective things, right? Where it's like, it sounds so cliche, but it's like, if that didn't happen, maybe you wouldn't know how to navigate this now. If you were still trying to chase ocean Avenue and have been for the last 20 years, I don't think that you can grow from that. Can you? 
I agree. I, that's why I think that, the, again, the time away from the band, I don't think we consciously knew it, but it was the, it was the best thing that could have ever happened yeah. to us. Uh, and like you, you, to, to, no, go ahead. To feel like it was so final, to feel that loss and grieve the band. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's our entire lives. It's our entire adult lives. It's been our career. It's been what we've done. It's all we've known is being in yellow card. You know, I'm, I'm talking like, 2016 17 you're losing the thing that you've you've always known mm. imagine if unexpectedly this person you love this thing you love had died and just came back to life and just reappeared yeah bigger and better than ever you know like i mean it's it's surreal it's surreal and i and i think it was just another big set of of lessons learned to go through that the breakup and understand the reasons why and how we got there you know yeah I mean, I always quote Blink-182 and I remember Mark Hoppus always said like in that first breakup with Blink, he said, I was always Mark from Blink-182. And when that finished, I didn't know who I was. It didn't mm -hmm. make any sense. Did you kind of resonate with that? I don't, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I pivoted into making my own music and sort of like trying to find my own identity pretty quickly and was really focused on that after the band split up. So I think I had like a, a year, mo the better part of 2017 where I was feeling sorry for myself and, and kind of grieving the loss. Um, but I, I definitely didn't stay stuck in it and definitely not for a decade. You know, I think, um, I think I, I had, before we started talking about Riot Fest, I had just, I had so completely moved on with my life. Um, but I do agree with the sentiment of like, it's just who you've always been. And it's a real challenge to find yourself without it. I know you guys are playing when we were young next month. I honestly feel like I need to like make a podcast series about this because I've had I've interviewed a couple of people in the scene. Like I've had Bert from The Used, Vic from Pierce the Veil, Andrew McMahon, who's conveniently playing with something corporate next month as well. Mm -hmm. Why or how the fuck did pop punk make this ginormous comeback? In my opinion, it's bigger now than it was then. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not complaining, but I don't know how the fuck we got here. What's your I, I don't either. I don't have one. I don't understand. Uh, mm. we, we sold almost 9,000 tickets in Jacksonville in our hometown. Um, that's, that's almost nine times more than people than typically would come to see us in Jacksonville. Mm. So I don't, I don't know, dude, I have no explanation <laughs> what, whatsoever. I, I mean, people will give you all kinds of reasons why, and, and you know, people are older, they have disposable income, they're bringing their families to the shows and all that. But that, I don't know that that translates to what you're talking about, which is like the actual resurgence of the sound. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, I like this band. I'm taking my kid to the show. That's an extra ticket or two sold for your show, right? And that's great. But there is more of a sort of hive mind resurgence of like a, lo a love for the for the music, yeah. I think, is what you're referring to that I don't I don't know. It's it's really uh, fascinating to, yeah. to watch and, and try to understand well, I, I like a minute. I saw you guys in New York. I saw the used and pierced the veil. I saw the starting line, which was like the biggest room I've ever seen them play. And they haven't released an album in 10 years. I saw Blink at Madison Square Garden. It's it's enormous. And it doesn't mm -hmm. I, like I wonder, like, it, 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 again, there's a lot of different takes. Like, was it COVID and everyone kind of leaning into nostalgic music to get through lockdown and all the things like that? I mean, again, I'm not complaining. It just, it doesn't seem to make sense. Bird actually from the used, he had an interesting take 
which was really obviously pop punk was massive in the 2000s. And then from about 2010 to 2015, a lot of those pop punk scene kids started listening to dance music. And then a lot of those Mm -hmm. bands who were huge in the 2000s kind of tapered off a bit. I mean, I make dance music. I like. I get it. I, I don't. One of the reasons it doesn't it doesn't compute to me personally is like uh, even my own listening palette. I I I almost never put on a rock and roll record anymore when wow. I'm listening to music, and so that the the shifting of like your musical palette, the changing of your musical palette as you get older. I mean, that's I feel like that's a natural thing. So to be swinging back this this hard to you know the stuff that that people listen to when they were younger um i don't i don't think we've ever seen this before in in a genre of music you know i mean it's interesting you say that because like i said those debut eps you kind of released it was like a weird blend of like ryan key meets bob dylan meets dashboard meets fucking hosier like it was this weird niche of like folk and pop punk and I think like you also like you made a point to like only there were no picks involved with guitar, right? Uh, on the first EP, yeah, they were they were not. Um, I got the, on the second one. I started to get more into like incorporating some of the post rock influences. I, I I love like Explosions in the Sky and Mogwai and bands mm-hmm. like that. I I wanted to bring in um, a lot of that influence. And then the third one I released. I had already gone fully off the cliff into electronic music and on my own, you know, doing projects on the side uh recording and learning about about producing uh electronic music and and so i i really you know went kind of went in with a heavy hand uh on on my last ep with that and i i love i love all three of them i think there's such a clear uh growth from the first song on the first ep to the last song on on um everything except desire the last ep like it's just such a journey through my post yellow card life, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, back to the, the conversation about why this is happening. I just, I just don't, I don't understand it, man. The, <laughs> these shows were, were twice the size, bigger than twice the size in some cases than our shows in 2004, when we were all over the radio and MTV and everything. I mean, we're bigger than we've ever been. That, that is, that does, and we don't have, we don't, yes, we have a new EP out, but there, we don't have, the tour was was crushing and you know shows were selling out and things long before the ep was heard by anyone so we're not on tv we don't have like some huge marketing department that's you know putting yellow card back in everybody's face like mm-hmm. there's nothing to quantify the success that this tour generated in my mind because we just all the typical things that make a band huge we don't have any of them going yeah. going for us right now all we did was say, hey, we're going to do some shows. That's it. We didn't have anything promoting the band in any way. You know? Without being like too egotistical about it, there's no way you thought we're going to go on stage and there'll be four people at these shows. Like, I mean, you can only go off of the shows that we've been playing for the last 10 years, you know, or, or I guess it was six years before we headed out on the final tour. And so when Live Nation came to us and and we saw the venues and they're all, you know, this one's 4,000, this one's 6,500, this one's 8,000. We were just like terrified. We were terrified. So no, I think we thought, you know, 1,500 people or 2,000 people would probably show up. Right. It would be, you know, um, but we, you know, we're thinking that's a third, that's a third of an amphitheater, you know, so maybe some of the shows would be half full, but like 
the 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 end result the tour was somewhere in the mid 90s sold sold out wow. the entire tour was 90 something percent sold out um so that we were not expecting that we were we were really every day when we we got a you know ticket count email every third day or something and it was just <laughs> every single time we were like what is happening yeah what I mean, like in the world i saw like four or five shows at pier 17 over the summer and yellow card by far was the most packed to the point we where we could have like, done I, a second show in new york we, yeah. we didn't we didn't have the day to do it but we could have done a second show for sure so good. that's so good and again yeah, it's crazy when we when we talk about what you've kind of been doing since yellow card to now and i guess all the other guys in the band as well was there a concern or like a possibly a fear that when you went in to record childhood eyes that maybe you know the chemistry's gone or because your musical taste is so altered now you wouldn't be recording what i guess yellow card fans would want to be hearing well the I think the main goal with the EP was to create something that that yellow card fans would be very, really excited about, Mm. you know, to take ourselves out of it a little bit and not necessarily have it be, um, it did, it didn't need to be a a musical journey or, you know, or, um, experimentation or some of the things that I feel like, after so many years of making albums, we started to feel a desperate need to change it up and try different things. This was much more about, we have this huge opportunity in front of us. It's, it's ours to, to lose. It's, you know, we can make smart decisions here. We can do this right for the, for the first time we can, we can take every step towards the goal, you know, whatever goals we're setting and, and there, there's no ego anymore. There's no, uh, you know, the, the differences we may have had through the years personally seem to have really dissolved. We can do all the right things. And one of those is how do we record music that brings that core sound that I think a, a yellow card fan and especially, a, you know, a yellow card fan of old that maybe hasn't listened to the band in a long time. Uh, what's going to get them excited? So I did struggle with it a lot because I am so far removed from not just pop punk, but just rock and roll in general. I just, I don't play guitar anymore. I don't, Mm. I mean, it's just not part of my, my life. I'm trying to get into scoring film and TV and I'm, I'm, you know, working on electronic stuff with, with Ryan Mendez, our our guitarist. We have a little side project that we, it's them. It's, I don't think it's ever going to become anything. It's just something we do because we love it and we, we love making the music, you know? So we've been working on that for the past four, six years, however long it's been. And um, I, 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 so what I did going into it, I put a lot of trust and faith into the other three guys. I felt like I knew that they were going to be where we needed to be uh, as far as being inspired to write and create. And that once I saw that and felt that, that it would turn it back on for me. Um, and, and I think it, it very much did that, you know, I being in Austin altogether and, and starting to put demos together um i i got excited and i felt like okay this is i'm gonna put this hat back on and and uh and dig in here you know um so the process was was uh, other other than the amount of self-production we had to do which can be pretty taxing when you're trying to Mm. be creative but also be an editor you know or you know an engineer Mm. um and ryan and i had to had, had to bear a lot of that weight um so that can that can cloud it from time to time because you're you're just getting frustrated with 
the uh you know the logistical parts of the recording as opposed to just writing and performing um yeah but other other than that the the process creatively and again the the energy between the four of us um making compromising as you said and like having an open mind for everyone's opinion that's just those are things that did not occur in the past um, yeah. the way they are now so it was it was awesome as it stands now are there any plans to make new music are there demos floating do you have a, a tentative goal to release an album in 2024 where are we at here Mm-mm. nothing yet um okay. i um my first kid is on the way in december and uh so i'm trying to just you know like i like I, I, I think you and I talked about this earlier. This is my third interview today, so I'm, I get lost of like which <laughs> what I've gone through with everyone. Um, but you know, just being home and, and supporting my wife, and so you know, that's that's really and and again, dude, to to everything we've talked about, having Ryan and Sean and Josh be so supportive of that of being like whatever you need, dude. We what mm. whatever we need to do to make sure you're with your wife and and you know you guys are comfortable and stress free. Like we let's make that happen. So. You know, we had some radio shows that were maybe going to happen in December and, you know, they might have even been pretty good money for everybody. But there was just this instant across the board support of them being like, we don't need to do those shows. You need to be home. You know, yeah. and I mean, that's it's crazy. Man. It's a, the, the connection we all have right now is uh, it's, it's it's really never been like this. It sounds so reminiscent of I had Matchbox 20 on the podcast a few months ago for their last album and um, Paul Doucette their guitarist and one of their main songwriters, he does a lot of scoring for Apple as well. And he mm-hmm. kind of said that, that they thought they would never make music again. Maybe they'll get together and do a tour every now and then, but there's never going to be Matchbox 20 music again. And it kind of just took a conversation. They recorded. Yep. They're touring now, but it's all just about like, you know, we all have our own things. And when Matchbox fits into those empty boxes, then we can do Matchbox. It's all about, I've got to fulfill myself first and what I'm doing. And then we can come together because if everyone's not happy, that's going to lead to some horrible shit. Right. Yeah. But I, I think for us, when, what's interesting is it's, it is, it's a little bit of that, but I think the, the doing your own thing is kind of about, you know, about family time and, and being home now more than it is about doing your own creative stuff. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have have my recording studio here at home, so I can work when I'm off the road, and I can get my my hands into other things that I wanna I wanna try and and I wanna strive to achieve. But Yellow Card is very much becoming like the the primary force in our lives again. I mean, there's we don't have any plans to record music, but there is a lot of conversations going on right now about what we're doing next year and the year after, even. Um, and that's just again, I. I'm not on the phone every day trying to figure out what those conversations are. Just let me know what, what they are. You know, it's just trying to be open-minded and uh, stress-free about it all. That That's how I'm going to be the best version of myself this, this time around, you know? So I hope we record some more music. I think people have responded extremely well to childhood eyes. And uh, I think people would be really excited to hear more music, you know, in that direction from us again. Uh, so when the time is right, maybe, maybe we will, but I, I, right now it's just kind of just one thing at a time, you know, it'd be a different story, fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, like if ticket sales on the tour were terrible and no one yeah. liked the EP, 
I guess there'd be no pressure to do anything else, but it's all done so well and so much better than I guess you expected. So it's like, it would be such a shame to be like, okay, now we're we're done again. Well, you have like, you have, you know, a company like Live Nation that they're, uh, you know, just this massive uh, influence on the direction of the music industry, to be honest, you know, they, they decide things that one of the reasons the tour did so well is because we've never had a partner like that. Um, You know, you, you, you think about people that, heard ocean Avenue on the radio literally 20 years ago or almost 20 years ago. And haven't ever been a part of it since they don't know anything about it. But when you have live nation putting radio spots on every single radio station in the United States, you're driving your car to work or you're listening to iHeartRadio, and you're where they're placing that stuff everywhere. And people go yellow card. I love that band. Mm. And they come to the show because, you know, we, it, it almost like provides this sort of act as if, perception is reality thing you have live nation promoting yellow card on the radio it just makes yellow card feel like this big giant band that's on the radio even though we don't have a single on the radio you know it's (laughs) it's really interesting uh because we i don't think we've ever had uh the level of marketing and promotion that we had for this this summer and and we it really worked every you know uh it was a really really great partnership so that said it's really exciting because the tour did so well i mean to be almost completely sold out uh, Live Nation is freaking pumped, dude. They they want to mm. keep, you know, we're working on our on our tour in Europe next year, and it's going to be a Live Nation tour. Like they they want to be in That's business so with Yellow Card, um, and and that will continue to give us that resource of that that promotion and that marketing, uh, because they're excited about being partners with Yellow Card. And so, to your point, if the tour had bombed, that uh, wouldn't be on the table. But it's not. It's there's a lot of it on the table. The table is gigantic. They are <laughs> yeah. so pumped yeah. um, to do the, to, to tour the world together, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, I don't know how long the run is going to last, but whatever happens between now and, you know, when we decide to step away, at least step away from it full time again, which I think yeah. will inevitably happen in the, in that matchbox 20 sort of way where we're just yeah. like, you know, riot fest comes up. Let's do that. That'll be killer. Sure. Or, yeah. or, you know, Summer Sonic in Japan. Every, we all love Japan. It's our favorite place in the world. Let's go over there and do that show. I think we will get to that point uh, at some point. But I think from now until that decision is made, we are in for a wild ride. I, mean, I have to ask as well for the Australian listeners. I know you just mentioned Europe next year. We're is working Australia on, on that card as well? We're working on it. We're okay. working on it. Okay, good. <laughs> That's all I got for you then. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Six yeah. years since we last um, spoke. Since then, Yellow Card have reformed and you're three months out from being a father. You're doing all right, my friend. So it it's a <laughs> it is definitely the uh it's the most fulfilling and I think I keep using this word, but you know, peaceful uh chapter of my my life personally, for sure. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever been so full of positive energy in, in my life. Um, with just so many amazing things coming my way. So super grateful. And and uh, we are coming to Australia. Good. I've, I've been back in the Sydney for like two weeks and I've told everyone like, dude, because again, I've seen like I have... tens of shows and I was like, yellow card would be top three. And I saw Blink and The Cure at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I would say yeah. those two and then yellow card. Wow. Insane. Well, thanks, man. I mean, and I, so uh, we, we do not have dates on the calendar. That's we do not, but I can, I promise, I can guarantee you that we're coming to Australia next year. Oh, awesome. we just need to lock, we just need to lock it down. 
okay, well, hopefully new music is coming well because, again, Childhood Eyes, probably the best, I was going to say album, but best EP easily since at least five years, at least pre-COVID. So well, unfortunately for that. you, it did really, really well, and I want to hear more. So please get on that. <laughs> it's not, no, it's all good. We're excited. Ryan, thanks so much, man, and um, we'll talk again soon. All right, dude. Yes, hopefully when we're when we're down under. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, dude. All right, bud. See you, Neil. To watch full episodes of The Plug Podcast, head over to the official YouTube page at theplug.podcast and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the video content. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at theplug.podcast for all episode announcers, teasers, and giveaways. Thank you.